Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. think that's what's happening in the body of Christ is the gospel is on the rise, right? Like <clears throat> shifting it back away from, it's like Jesus gave us, Jesus gave the church the perfect example of how to function within this earth when they brought the woman caught in adultery to him. What did he do? He, he alleviated condemnation. He affirmed to her that she was forgiven. And then he addressed her behavior. Amen. Didn't he? He, he loved her. He welcomed her. He, he protected her, right? You know, I, I almost think that if they'd have started throwing rocks, he would have covered her. No, no, no. And they probably would have bounced off. That's what should have happened. I'll tell you what, if I would have been Jesus, that's what I would have done. So throw them rocks and then just cover. Can you imagine? That would have been pretty cool. <clears throat> but, you know, that, that is how the church should function. People that are broken, broken, dead, in sin, made mistakes, and, and carrying the guilt and the shame. You know, we, we all, nobody's looking to get away with sin. Nobody's trying to look for an excuse to use this freedom in Christ to actually live contrary to how God would lead. Nobody, nobody really is just saying, hey, because I'm saved, woohoo! I can just get away with it. I mean, nobody's doing that. And if they are, they're, you know, they they're, don't have all their marbles there. But that's the church, right? The church should function in such a way where we affirm God's love. We affirm the reason that this place exists, and that was for a family, right? I mean, that's, that's the most rich aspect of this world is relationship. You know, mountains are beautiful. Goal setting and all that's fun. I love music. But I'm telling you what, man, you know, if you don't have people to share that stuff with and have that connection, that's, what, that's the heart of God. It's just within us to desire that connection, to desire relationship. So, <clears throat> you know, I, wanna, I do want to go through some things here because I want to give you just some helpful things because as you seek to make improvements in your life, as you seek to make shifts and put on your righteousness, you have been made righteous by grace through faith. You have been given perfect status before the Father because of what Jesus did. Right? Jesus lived perfectly, took everything away from you that separates you from God and gave you that status, and God looks at you and says, yes, you are acceptable to me through one thing, and that is Christ, and that's it. But in this life, we got some things to get better at, some things to improve, some things to work on, don't we? Not to try to impress God, not to try to live up to his acceptance, but because we are accepted, to live from that place to live from purpose, not for a purpose or toward purpose or whatever, not with purpose, but from purpose. So this will be real fun. This is, this is the name of the, uh, this is a Greek word, and it's, uh, let's throw it up here. Let's say this word. This is where we're going today. Everybody say, say that. So it's splachnizomai, splachnizomai. Yes, thank you. God bless you. 
This is where we're going. We're going to splachnizomai. Yeah. This is the Greek word for moved with compassion. Mm. It's a phrase, moved with compassion. So let me go through these. We're talking about purpose, passion, dreams, and calling, right? We're talking about living from purpose. So here's your purpose. Your purpose is God created you to be his child, not to do a job for him. And this is kind of all review. If you haven't been on these, you can go back. Dreams and passions are things you love to do or want to accomplish. It's okay to have dreams and passions. It's okay to want to build a thriving business. It's okay to want to travel. It's okay to want to make music and pottery and art. It's okay to want to you know, engage in things that are in this world and, and experience success. That's fine, as long as it's in proper order. And then call, calling is really simply this. You're called to love. You're called, so like the calling on your life, the purpose is just to be a child. But your calling, now that this world is broken, God will call you to live in a certain area. He, it may be something specifically within the church, but you may never step foot in church, but you are more of a light bringer than a lot of church people are. That's okay. There's not a problem with that at all because the, the church is bigger than walls, isn't it? So call, your calling is to know that you're loved and then in that love, love people. So we talked about last week the idea of discovering your call by answering the question, who do you love? Not what does God want me to do, but who does God want me to love? And I hope that you've answered that question, who do you love? Who do I love? You know, do you love people that have been hurt and abused by church? Do you love, you know, women in Africa that have to hike miles and miles every day and hours just to find clean water? And so when you identify a people group, you know, I know that there's somebody in here that's moving toward uh, getting themselves trained up to start different types of women's groups. You know, Tammy wants to start with a, a, divorce, a divorcee group, divorced women's group. You know, she has a heart for, those, for, for you that have experienced that and gone through that. So when you define, these, this is the people group that I love. My heart just breaks for these people. My heart burns for these people that have been through this thing and there's some type of commonality. That's your calling. When you identify who you love, then you start taking steps toward that. So, to accomplish a dream, live a passion, or fulfill your call, you must set goals, make a plan, and take intentional steps. Now, I'm not going to go through a whole bunch of goal-setting stuff. You can read books and do that all on your own. But what I do want to do is challenge you that as you identify those areas where you do want to move forward, whether it be personal improvements in your life or stepping out more in your ministry or your calling, that you first, you know, you go through this process here. So a couple more slides. When we try to take steps, we often have an identity crisis and stop due to our fears, failures, and lack of knowledge. Has that ever happened to you? It's like you try to move forward, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. And it's like this failed, this failed. You get depressed. You get afraid. And you, you, you're trying to push past your normal, and then all of a sudden, it's like, it's almost like there's something, some hidden hand stopping you from moving forward. Now, the devil gets a lot of credit in that arena. But all the devil is doing is affirming the lies that you believe about yourself that are holding you back. That's all he can do. All he can do is lie to you 
and get in agreement with those lies that you believe about yourself. <clears throat> you may have gotten things out of order. So when you want to move forward, accomplish a goal, start a new habit, or break a bad habit, I, I feel like where we're going, this will help you. Because I know that you want to move forward. You, you know, you want to see effectiveness in ministry. You want to shed that stuff that's, that's keeping you from displaying what God has for you. You want to burn, right? I mean, and sometimes you feel, don't you ever just feel flat? Like it's like, ah, I just don't know, God, where are you? So check out this process. First off, you affirm your purpose and identity in Christ. So whatever it is that you're trying to improve, whatever aspect of ministry you're trying to step out in, it doesn't define you. It's not you. Whether you succeed or whether you fail, it doesn't define you. One thing defines you, and that is your father who loves you. So you, you get that in the right perspective first. Nothing that you accomplish will bring you to the place that God created you for. Are you with me? It's not like that you're finally going to get really good at doing something or finally figure out what God wants you to do, and then when you do that, then you have fulfilled your purpose. No, that's actually not the way it works. You have fulfilled your purpose when you acknowledge God. Then you live from that. So the second one is find out what God says about it. That area that you want to improve, where you want to step out, find some wisdom, find a promise. The next one is, then you set the goal. See, well, a lot of times we identify, we set a goal from a place of lack or a place of tragedy or a place of what we feel like we're supposed to do. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going to seek to improve that area and I'm not going to be who I really am supposed to be until I get good at that thing or fulfill that thing. And that's backwards. But in the process, you have to do this, number four. And that is you have to pay attention to the beliefs of your heart as you go. So I'm just going to kind of give you an example. Somebody identify an area in your life that you want to see improve or an area of ministry you want to step out in. This will be participation. We'll see if we can pull this off. Somebody throw me out an idea of something that you'd like to see improve in your life or that you're working on or, yep. Personal relationships. All right. So let's go back to number one, personal relationships. How many of you would like to get more out of your personal relationships or have more personal relationships? All right. So number one, first off, you identify your purpose. All right. If you're ever sitting there feeling lonely, you're feeling like, I don't have any friends. This is like nobody's, nobody is like me. You know, you're just pitching a fit, having a pity party. You ever done that? You ever sit there and feel like nobody likes me? I don't have anything in common with anybody. I'm not connected. I'm an island to myself. You know, all that stuff that runs around in your head. First and foremost, you remember God created me for relationship, right? And then number two, find out what God says about it. What does he say about it? When you think of relationship, see, what we're talking about is getting in your heart and letting God affirm things to you and building something within that you then live out. So when you think of find out what God says about personal relationships, what does that make you think about? Personally, it makes me think about that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. So first and foremost, what I'm going to do when I'm wanting to move forward in that area, I'm going to make sure that I can connect with God on the inside of me that I'm taking care of the most important relationship to begin with. Because I promise you, if you feel lonely, you're probably not experiencing the presence of God in your life either. 
you're probably not connecting with the reality that God is with you and that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. So you want to move forward in personal relationships, you do this. Okay, what does God say about this? He is with me. He will lead me and guide me. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would be given to me to lead me and guide me into all truth, to remind me what he taught me, to show me things to come. When Jesus talks about this presence that he would put within you, it's relational. He's teaching you about life. He's not giving you an external set of standards. He's showing you how to follow this inward presence, this inward relationship, right? So this is just one area. So then number three, what does that look like? All right, so then you set a goal. I know that I was created for a relationship. I know that he will never leave me. I'm going to get myself to a place where I'm experiencing God. First and foremost, I'm going to connect with him and know that he's with me. Whether you feel something or not, you bring, it brings a sense of peace when you connect with your father. Then you set goals and deal with the external. Deal with the internal first, then deal with the external. The external might be, I'm going to go to a life group. I got a little pastor in there. We got to pitch our stuff every now and then. You know? <laughs> I'm going to go to the kids' soccer game, and I'm going to talk to a new parent this week. I'm going to whatever it is, you know. Then you set the goal. Then you, you know, I'm going to, if it's, if it's with your marriage, which we're going to get into next week is Vision Sunday, and then after that we're going to talk about relationships a lot. So then you set the goal. You affirm your identity. You see what God says about it. You connect with his reality in that area. Then you set your goals. See, what we do is we judge ourselves as being in lack and then strive for something and try to get inner peace by an external accomplishment. Ain't going to happen. And then number four, all along the way, you got to pay attention to the beliefs of your heart because what you're going to do is when you step out and you try to move past that barrier or that boundary that you might have in connecting with people or finding those genuine relationships, you're going to get around people and as you try to set this goal and extend yourself, then you're going to say, well, I just don't know if they really want me around. I just don't know if I really care that much about people. I just, you know, I just don't like people. <laughs> you got to check the beliefs of your heart all along the way, right? Yeah. So that's just one example. And you can do that in any area of your life. Start with the internal, then deal with the external, set some goals, move forward, but deal with how you believe what you believe and feel about yourself as you are moving forward. Now, all of that... <clears throat> We're going to skip a, go ahead up to the one that's got just the white graphic. This is a guy named James Clear. He wrote a book called Atomic Habits. Anybody heard about that book? I've mentioned it a couple of times. Has anybody reading, is anybody reading it or have read it? Yeah. So I'm not going to go through all this thing, but when you do get to that goal setting area and you do want to start to put some things into practice and move forward in these areas, I recommend this guy's process. He starts, you know, dealing with, issues, if you want to set a new goal, create a new habit, or break a bad habit, you can go through this habit loop. The cue would be the trigger, you know, your triggers, and you start to identify your triggers. When I'm around this person, I make this kind of really bad decision, so therefore I'm going to recognize I don't need to be around that person anymore. Or when I do this or that, or, you know, you start to recognize and understand what drives you and doesn't drive you. Your craving. The craving is mostly God-given. The issue is how you seek to, how you respond to it and how you seek to experience the reward, the fulfillment of that craving. That's what gets us in trouble is when we 
externally seek to uh, find satisfaction in the things that only can be met internally. So now, I'll let you go through that process on your own because I want to deal with number four, and we're, I'm going to close here, and I don't know, we'll get there. Why is it important to deal with the beliefs of your heart? We know that the heart affects everything that we do, right? All the issues of life flow out of our heart. It's with the heart that man believes unto righteousness. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The heart is part of the very promise that God wanted to deal with in establishing this new covenant. The heart can be thought of as your nature or the deepest part of what and who you are. So a lot of times when you think of heart, these passages come up. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9, you can jump to that. When you think of heart, a lot of times doesn't this come up? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? How many of you have heard sermons on the heart on this side of the cross and that was the context as if that's a description of your newly created heart? Anybody? And so you think, I can't trust my heart. I am wicked and deceitful in all my ways. Except that, next verse. There's a promise about the new covenant that says, I will give you a new heart. Say new heart. And put a new spirit in you. Now, do you think this new heart that God would put in you is deceitful and wicked? I will remove from you your heart of stone, that wicked and deceitful heart, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you. And this is really where we're going, all of that to get to this and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. What laws? What are the two laws that Jesus gave? Right? Pretty simple. All of those bring fulfillment and accomplishment to all of the law. Now, remembering that Jesus fulfilled the law on behalf of mankind so that the standard of living up to God's righteousness is not on you to live up to that. And so you, you, you live within his accomplishment. But God will move you. So if God, so he's talking about the new covenant. He's talking about the new heart under the new covenant. And under the new covenant, this new heart, God will move you to keep these laws, keep these statutes. He's not moving you to... When you steal something from your neighbor, go find a goat and remove its guts and burn them and drain all the blood out of the goat and sling it all over the altar. He's not moving you to keep that law. Are you with me? Yes. See, because a lot of times when this stuff is taught, it's like, well, he's the law that he's writing on you is his expectations and his standards and it's the Ten Commandments. Well, God's not going to move you contrary to the Ten Commandments. But he's not moving you in terms of that old covenant law that you got to keep to live up to the standard, to keep from being killed under that old covenant. He's moving you to keep these new covenant laws, to love him and to love people. And really, that is the whole secret. When you start to deal with all these areas of life, it is absolutely okay to have personal desires and dreams and goals and go after them. But I'll give you this one idea. How can you serve people in those pursuits? You know, the things that you want to see improve, the things that you want to accomplish in life, 
as you set goals and you seek to accomplish dreams and move all that stuff forward, they can feel a little bit empty. But if they are things where you can serve people, and I'm telling you, find a creative way to take those passions and those dreams, living from purpose, knowing that you are rooted and grounded in God forever, take those passions and dreams and share those things with people. The church has done a major disservice to the church in robbing creativity. I'm telling you, so much church happens when we share our passions and our ideas and our, 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 our creativity. The church should be the most creative bunch on the planet. We should be doing things that are so outside the box that we use to serve people, right? That you have this passion and it comes out of you and it's very unique and interesting and you put it out there and it's like, and it attracts people and it attracts like-minded people, and, but that you're using that to serve people. You're using that to connect with people. Are you with me? And I want to challenge you, some of you that have personal hopes and dreams and goals, how can you turn them to serve people? So I want to look at this one last passage here. This is Proverbs 16, 9. And I think that this is a promise, remembering that God will move you, right? Move you by His Spirit. And it makes me think of Jesus. Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus was splachnizomai. And when you wake up tomorrow morning and you're clearing your throat, splachnizomai. Okay, how, how today, how today as I'm seeking to move forward, how can I be moved with compassion toward people? Because I'm telling you, when life feels flat, the process that you want to engage in is knowing who you are, knowing that this new heart, through it, God will move you to keep his laws, and that is to respond to his love for you and to love others. And if you can keep that the primary goal, but see, we're always looking for motivation. What's the motivation? What, can I, what cues can I put in? What triggers can I install or put into place or deal with or repent from or change or whatever to try to create these habits that we want. I'm telling you, if you will make it a practice of connecting with God's love for you and then having value for other people, I mean, to the point where you look at somebody and you get past all the preconceptions, you get past all the judgments, all the pain, all the hurt, whatever it is that you think you need from them or whatever it is you think you can do to them, you just let all that go and it's just a human being that God loves that you have compassion for, and you strip it all down to that. And if you can live from that, then any habits and tweaks and shifts that you make, it's more about removing distractions so that you can express this thing that God's put within you toward these people, right? And, and there's some big ones. There's some big things that have happened to us that we have to be able to set aside. God is not a liar. There are people out there that are hurting and sick, and they need to experience God. I mean, could you imagine how hard it's going to be to pray after something like that? And I want to look at this, Proverbs 16, 9. And there's two ways to look at this. I think there's pre-cross, post-cross. Pre-cross is how most of us read this passage even now. The heart of man devises his way, and Jehovah establishes his steps. Most translations say but. You know, man sets his plans, but God ordains his steps. And it's like contrary. It's presented as if they're contrary. Man wants to go that way. God wants him to go that way. 
You heard it preached that way? New covenant, new heart. God moves you through this new heart to keep these laws, to love, to respond to his love, to love people, for God to pour his love within you and it just comes out as love for other people. You know, sometimes you got to let go of selfishness, personal gain, all the carnal stuff that we get tricked into. And it's a paradox because it's absolutely okay to want to succeed in this life. Totally fine. God wants that. But what does it look like to do it with love for people? The other side of this is the and. God, or man devises his way. God shows him how to get there. I want to go this way. I want to move toward a successful business because in that business I will be generous and, and support missions and this and that. I, I want to go this way because I want to write songs that are going to be a blessing to people. I want to go this way because I want to do this that will be a blessing to people. And God says, all right, you want to go that way? Here's how you get there. You know, you are not inherently adverse or contrary by nature to God. You have been made one with him. This spirit that he's placed within you, he took everything out that keeps you separate from him and put something in you that can be united with him. You have a part to play. You have a say-so. I'm telling you, this is, this is what the church, how the church has you know, done a disservice to the church because it says you're evil, you're wicked, you're deceitful, you can't even desire God. So what you need to do is just lay down your life and die every day and figure out what God wants you to do and sacrifice and live for it. Well, no wonder people are leaving the church and by the millions. But it's really, no, you know what? You're a child of God. God loves you. You are safe because Jesus has completed this work for you. You are in him. Amen? Now, God has changed you on the inside. He's given you a new heart, a new nature, a new operating system, per se, right? Those natural things that come out of you and that you desire in life. You might still think like the old man sometimes, and that's the work that we got to do is put on our new identity in our thinking so that it matches inwardly. But you no longer naturally crave sin. If you're wanting sin, probably what you're doing is you just want some relief and you've substituted relief for peace. And there's a difference. Relief is temporary. Feels good for a minute, but it comes with guilt. Peace is nourishing. And that's what I want you to, you know, and here's the part where I can't really teach you. Nobody can really teach you this. God can hardly even teach us this because we're so stubborn and thick-headed. <laughs> Not evil or wicked, stubborn and thick-headed maybe. But. <laughs> but that is this, it's okay to have natural desires. It's okay to, to desire things and make choices and want to live. You do not have to try to figure out how to keep God happy with your behavior. You don't have to constantly question if the job that you've picked or the subject that you've studied or the church that you're in or the spouse that you're married to is what God's perfect will would be for you because you have a say-so. Now, as you are moving, God will move you and lead you and guide you. He, this new spirit will move through your heart and he will splachnizomai you and you will move, he will move you. But you have to be movable. 
And if you're constantly living, trying to accomplish out here without first knowing who you are in here, you're always going to be disappointed. You're always going to end up in the wrong relationship. You're always going to end up in the wrong job. And you're going to always question if you're where God wants you to be. But when you have that relationship intact, it doesn't matter how far off the dartboard you think you might be or how stuck you think you might be, knowing his love for you, responding to that, and then asking, how can I serve people through this? And you just keep moving. Say, keep moving. And, and he will move you. And I think that's what we're missing. We're looking for motivation to keep us moving forward, to accomplish these goals. And it's like, you know what, just throw all that stuff out the window for a little while. Can you be moved by him inwardly? Like, can you, like in a worship session like that, can you sit there or stand there and can you connect with God and let him move? If worship or collective setting doesn't do it like this for you, whatever it is for you. Can you go out in nature? Can you be sitting with someone face-to-face? You know, When's the last time inwardly you just felt like, man, I'm so aware of God's presence. Whether you feel something or not, but there was, there was just this motivation internally that was a response to God's love for you rather than you judging a lack in your life and thinking, I need to fix this lack by doing better. Do you see the difference? So I don't know what you putting yourself in a position to be moved by God looks like. You get to decide that. You get to find the books and you get to find the courses and the different things that help you shift your focus back and put something in your hands to serve people through. And and you can start where you are, I promise you. Whatever it is that you're doing in your life right now, you you can be moved with compassion in that moment and serve people through that. I don't care if you're sitting behind a desk and all you do is solder stuff all day long. There's going to be some way that God will show you. Are you with me? So boiling it all down to is affirming your relationship, your identity in him, knowing that he's with you, responding to that love, letting that love pour through you. And don't, when you seek to make improvements in your life or you seek to accomplish goals or create new habits or break bad habits, Don't make the fulfillment and the accomplishment of it the thing that's going to bring you inner peace and inner fulfillment. Are you with me? Whereas if it doesn't happen, then your whole world crumbles because this out here didn't come to pass. Because you will never be happy. You will never be happy if external accomplishment and pursuit is what brings you inner peace and fulfillment. It can't. Because what you're looking for is spiritual. And it's birthed out of relationship. And it's, 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 a, it's the feasting on that joy and that peace and that love that he gives you and then living from that. And, and, and you, you can't really, I can't, nobody can really teach you. It's a relationship. Nobody can teach you how to love your wife, your spouse, your whoever, your family. You engage them yourself. We can't, you know, I can't tell Lyle. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Amen. Man's heart, your heart, it's okay for your heart to determine where you want to go. And start going. Start moving. God will show you how to get there. And along the way, serve people with whatever it is, that thing that's within you. You know, what does it look like to serve people? So as you're seeking to make these shifts and improvements and set goals and create new habits and break bad habits and whatever it is, All the things that you're going to put into place, how can I serve people as I go?
And I think that would be the heart of God for you. And what would a body of Christ look like? You know, you end up doing that thing of loving one another so that the world sees we're Jesus followers, loving one another and turning it outwardly, and then they believe. Amen? Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for the freedom that we have in you. We thank you that through Christ, you have literally changed the kind of beings that we are. We have moved from death to life. We were dead in our sin, but now we are alive in Christ. We do not have that sinful nature any longer. We have a righteous nature. You gave us a new heart that knows your voice. It knows how to follow you. It is programmed to live as a child in your kingdom, even in this earth. Father, help us to to remember that and to affirm that identity and to have the grace and the strength to remove things out of our lives and identify those external things that we're seeking to accomplish to bring internal peace and fulfillment and help us just shave those things off, change how we see them, change what we think we want from them, and just let your nature be birthed in us. We trust you. And we are committed to serving. Whatever it is that that unique thing is that you're pouring through me, those desires that I have, those goals I want to see accomplished, the things that I want to move forward in, I'm committing to you, Lord, to serve others through those passions, to serve others as I respond to your love for me. And I trust that you will lead me. Amen. You agree with that? Well.